We believe that you are strong by design, and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. I want to, I think it's a good transition to get into what obviously we, we touted as the, the number one move, this course to okay. survive, to survive and defend yourself. And, and even in the recording of, of the real life self-defense uh, course, um, you alluded to that old YouTube video that shows this move uh, being performed in a real mm-hmm. world situation. Um, if you would, for a moment, just explain what this number one move is as, as, okay. as, as good as you possibly can in a podcast, of course, because they can't quite see it. But of mm-hmm. course, they'll be able to go to reallifedefense.com to be able to check that out. But um, uh, what, is, uh, what is the brachial stun? Well, the brachial stun is, uh, we could characterize it as, a, as an extra. Uh, it's not a particularly uh, a strong or high impact strike because it doesn't have to be. Uh, and one of the reasons it's effective is because uh, in the animal kingdom, animals have a, a predisposition towards understanding that this is, this is an area of vulnerability and you know, they'll, they'll try to protect it. Humans really don't. Um, human, uh, attackers typically present themselves, you know, frontally, uh, under stress. We typically, you know, respond to things, you know, frontally, uh, it's a trained person that, you know, kind of minimizes their target profile and, you know, and tucks their chin and pulls up their shoulders and that sort of thing. That's all trained. You, you have to know that, uh, it's, and it's not really instinctual. So the average human is typically not thinking in terms of protecting this. The only time most people think about their neck is if somebody's behind me and, you know, and am I getting choked? Uh, we all have kind of a natural aversion to that. But when things are face to face, this tends to be wide open. And even if a person is, is taller than you, so there's, there's a size disparity, uh, the area that you need access to is typically wide open. So, uh, if, and if it's blocked on this side, it's typically open on the other. So the, the striking surface that we use is, is like the inside of the forearm. And we basically make impact at about a 45 degree angle. It's sort of coming in here. So it's not straight across, you know, so it's not like a, a hack. It's, it's, more, it's more like this. And you know, either hand. And uh, when I demonstrated it on, on a human, when we had the, the camera like right, uh, right in front of his eyes, which we did basically to sort of uh, showcase that it's a, it's a nerve strike. You know, it disrupts the, the nervous system for just a brief moment. Uh, some people, it's like cutting the strings on a marionette. Some people are just kind of, you know, will stagger for a few seconds. Uh, some people will stagger and then fall. And some people will just stand there, but just kind of go away for a second and a half. Well, you can get a lot of work done in a second and a half. So basically, it, it comes, for, it uh, comes uh, the impact here. It's soft. And, and we use this because it, it covers a lot of ground. Basically, what happens is we're, we're impacting uh, the brachial plexus nerve, which runs you know, uh, on either side of the neck. It's, it's fairly close to the surface of the skin. And it's a very large nerve. It's a motor nerve. And what happens is when, when we hit, we don't just like hit and bounce off. 
we kind of hit and just sink. So there, there's a what referred to as a fluid shock wave. And what happens is this nerve compresses for just a brief moment. And that compression is a significant jolt. And it's, it's a stunning sort of effect. Uh, even when you know it's coming, and even if, now what we did in demonstration mode is I had uh, Leland put his arm up here, and then I took my hand, and I just went pop like that. And his pupils went, they literally bounced a couple of times, and you can see it in slow motion. Uh, but when there's nothing here protecting, and when you're, you're hitting that full on, it's, it's a remarkably effective strike. It doesn't injure anybody, uh, which is sort of a paradox because what you're talking about is those, this mysterious you know, fight ender. Now, it may. Uh, it may just create an opening for you to do a couple of other things and allow that person to sort of you know, rethink their, uh, their to-do list for that given day. But yeah, it's, it's the brachial stun. It's uh, had, had been typically taught in law enforcement circles, you know, starting in, from about 86 onward. Uh, I don't see it around so much anymore. And I think one of the reasons is just uh, around the, the mid nineties, we started seeing uh, cop training transition. Uh, the, the profile of uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu it really was was making itself known in, in military training as well as law enforcement training. So there's been uh, a lot of agencies have gone to a very sort of grappling oriented uh, paradigm, if you will, which is great. It's but it's a high skill proposition. You have to drill that stuff on a regular basis, you know, to to really uh, work with it. But if you work with it, it can be very very effective. So nothing that we present displaces higher level skills. It just sort of, you know, mitigates the fact that you don't have higher level skills right now. You can watch the stuff on the video and have a reasonable expectation of pulling off much of that without even getting up out of your chair. It's, it's more about, oh, I never thought about doing that. Oof, that, that looks pretty rough. Yeah, I can see why that would work. Uh, there, there's a lot of those sort of uncomfortable visceral reactions to some of the stuff that we show. It is by necessity. It has to be tough because... It's not reliant on, you know, a skill-based platform to deliver it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And I think the big distinguisher is what you had said earlier is mentally being uh, willing to mm -hmm. take action in a situation like this, being uh, uh, okay with physical harming somebody, but to defend yourself. Somebody's mm -hmm. trying to harm you. So you, in turn, have to be willing to harm them, to, to incapacitate them or to get out of the situation. Um, I, it's, it's obviously worth discussing then what you call or refer to as creating your magic moment. When you're in a struggle of any kind and just explain to the listeners exactly what that is. Why is creating your magic moment such a key and just absolutely critical thing in a, uh, you know, a, a life or death situation, some, okay. somewhere where you're confronted with an attacker? All right. So maybe first I'll start by explaining what an odd sounding term that is in the context of this topic, a magic <laughs> moment, because we're talking about stuff that doesn't sound very magical. Uh, essentially, what that refers to is disrupting the thought process of the attacker. When 
an attacker has singled you out, uh, they have they've made some assumptions. You know, this and that number one assumption is this is going to be easy. That's why you've been picked. Uh, you know, nothing personal, but for, for whatever reason, you have satisfied sort of the mental criteria that that bad guy has gone through before this even began. So with that assumption in his mind, he is approaching you and he is thinking 100% about you. He's thinking about you 100% when he's threatening you, screaming at you, uh, trying to sort of, you know, get you uh, in a reactive mode just by saturating you with stimulus, which is typically, you know, pushing you, shouting at you, threatening you. uh, And all of that is typically very effective. So he's 100% focused on you. Your job in that moment is to change that. You want to reverse his focus. You need to get him thinking about him. Now, there's two ways that we can do it. One is skill-based, and that's to take away someone's balance. Uh, that's really hard to do, even if you're trained, so we're not going to worry about that. The other is to inflict pain. And much of what we cover is how to inflict uh, high levels of pain very quickly. Now, you have to sort of get over the natural civilized person's aversion to, I don't like the idea of having to hurt somebody. Okay, fair enough. We, we don't. That's what makes us good guys. Uh, but there is an ironic uh, truth that we have to understand, and that is the more unpleasant you can be as fast as possible shortens the entire encounter. It, the, the longer this goes on, the more you're going to be hurt, the more you're going to have to hurt them in order to you try to change their mind about what they're doing. So if you come in, you know, just, you know, all thunder and intensity, and it's horrible right from the get-go, you're sending a strong message. And that message is that, oh, this is not going to be easy. There is a cost involved, a cost that I now have to consider whether I'm willing to pay that as the bad guy in this scenario. So if I'm coming at you and suddenly I've got two thumbs in my eyes and they're, they're going in, you know, we're not just kind of, oh, I'm timid. Okay. We're just, boom. okay. Now nothing pops. It's, it's not like however you might imagine it, but it sends a message that you are not playing. Okay. This is not like, you know, pounding on somebody's shoulder. Stop, stop. Someone help me. Um, that's just going to be fun. That's just going to amp up the bad guy. They, they like that. You're, you're already, you know, succumbing to their will. But if you grab a whole handful of groin and try to move it to a different part of their body or to a different part of the street, that sends a message that you're willing to do what is necessary. Does that take any skill? Zero. It takes intention. It takes willingness. And that's we show a lot of very simple, almost obvious things, because once you sort of allow yourself to think of someone who can do what's necessary you know, in certain circumstances, oh, yeah, then I could do this and I could do this. Like, and then your mind sort of goes with that. And that way, if, you know, you ever are, are grabbed and are being threatened, you have multiple options at your disposal right away. When's the best time to, to start moving on those options immediately? How hard? As hard as you can. The faster you can inflict pain, the faster this can get over with. And ultimately, that becomes the ironic truth, the most humane thing you can do in that very inhumane seeming encounter. So did that make sense, Chris? Um, It makes perfect sense to me. It's people have to make it okay 
to, to do something, to do someone else harm, even though we're the good guys, we're the, we're the people listening to this conversation right now that aren't looking to hurt anybody else, to attack anybody else, to ruin someone else's day. But if someone like that comes into our life, we need to be willing, like the flick of a switch, to make that decision, inflict as much damage, as much pain, as fast as we possibly can to get out of that situation. Our team would like to thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. And if you're enjoying today's show, please share this episode with at least one friend or family member who will benefit from this message. And please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. That's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. One of the reasons that, you know, bad guys are so effective, even though they may not have any actual expertise, is they're fluent in a language that most people don't even want to think about. They're fluent in the language of violence. The way that you fix that situation, you manage that situation, is by demonstrating a willingness to communicate using that very same language, which means that you have to communicate at the same intensity level that they're at. And once they know that, things change. Things change uh, profoundly and usually very quickly because nobody ever approaches, we'll say, a, a diminutive-sized uh, female thinking that she may respond by trying to bite a chunk out of my neck. If they were thinking that way, they wouldn't approach you in the first place. And there's a very easy way that you can share that information with them. And that's by doing it. And once you do it, uh, it has a tendency to, uh, you know, to, to lead to a, a more productive outcome. Without question. Yeah. What would you say to a woman or women listening right now? Or what would you have their husband or man in their life who's listening share with them when they have the thought of, I don't know if I could fight back. Um, I'm not sure that I could do it. I don't know that I'm strong enough to... If I have a 200 pound man who is trying to harm me and I have no fighting experience, mm-hmm. how, what am I, what am I supposed to do? You know, like how, 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 why, how I, can't, I just don't see myself being able to do it. Well, the, uh, the solution to that is to not ask the wrong questions in the first place or to apply the wrong criteria. And we tend to think of, well, okay, I'm five foot four, I'm a 45 year old woman, I'm 120 pounds. How could I possibly beat up a 220 pound attacker? You don't, that's not what this is. You change the narrative. They're the ones that decide to stop. So you don't have to overcome them. You don't have to defeat them. Uh, We go back to the woman with the vacuum cleaner, okay? She didn't incapacitate her attacker. She didn't win the fight. She won the situation. She won the situation by demonstrating that, okay, the longer you stay in my house, the the more cost you will incur. The cost is I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep hitting you on the head with this. He finally just, no, this isn't working for me. I'm not in the mood to rape anybody. 
I'm also a little concerned about the noise and the fact that, you know, this is drawing attention to the fact that I've just illegally entered another person's residence. So what we're looking to do is not beat anybody up. You know, this, this is not a contest in, in that sort of sense. This is, it's more of a contest of wills. And, you know, can you bring sufficient will to be willing to do what's necessary to give this person a reason to change their mind, you know, and, you know, trying to relocate a portion of their face from here to down here. Now their face will not break off or peel off or anything like that, but it will feel as though it is to the person in question. You know, if, if we're attacking, you know, we're, we're ripping at the mouth, we're attacking the eyes, you know, we're acting as though we can just sort of detach the ears like Mr. Potato Head. Again, those ears will not come off in your hand like that, but you can say that you're going to rip his ears off and it's going to feel like you're ripping his ears off. You can grab both of his ears, twist them, and then jam your thumbs in as far as they can go. You're communicating in his native language in that moment and you're communicating just as effectively as anyone has ever communicated. And that's what this is. So we don't overcome the attacker in the classical sense, you know, if I had to square up with Chris, Chris is much bigger than me. Um, that's a, that's a whole different scenario. Okay, now we're now we're looking, you know, for winners and losers. This is a, a completely different context. We're simply trying to remove the will of the person to continue on with their illegal acts. So it's overwhelming when we think about it the wrong way. It starts to seem achievable when we understand what the actual goal is. Um, I did a, a, a woman's self-defense class two weeks ago, and you know, it, it pointed out to me just how we sort of operate on a lot of assumptions, and a lot of these assumptions are uh, incorrect or unhelpful. So one of the women in the class, uh, and I, I think she was feeling great. She was probably 50. You know, she was... Uh, um, not as small as she used to be when she was younger. And she had a hip that made it difficult to get up and down off the floor, which we were doing plenty of. And there were a ton of, you know, college age and high school age girls that were like just fit and just bouncing around and doing everything like a boss. And that was starting to intimidate her. And she finally said, so if, if it's this hard for me to get up off the ground, how am I going to be able to, to run away from my attack? And I said, what on earth makes you think that you could outrun your attacker? Well, don't I have to get away? Well, no, he's going to get away from you. Your job is to motivate him to want to get away from you, to get away from the situation, you know, to uh, av avoid detection, you know, avoid a police response, to avoid any more, you know, face facial lacerations, you know, or, you know, groin grabbing or whatever it is that you're subjecting him to. It's his job to run away. And then it was kind of like, oh, okay. And then so, suddenly, like, you know, the, the bad hip wasn't quite so much a hindrance because she seemed like she had already thrown that switch. She was ready to dispense, you know, mayhem with her, her digits at that point. But when we think about things in the wrong way, and of course, you know, we always think about getting away from our attacker. Um, let's say that your attacker is a 22-year-old male. That's someone you're going to outrun. Now, it seems kind of silly when I frame it like that, but some, so much of us are thinking about things in ways that we've just sort of always conventionally thought about them without ever really trying to filter out, well, is this the best way to contemplate what I'm contemplating? 
It's it's really good. I love it. You're you're turning it around, flipping it around again, where you're making the attacker think about themselves, their own safety, and their own ability to get out of pain and to get out of the situation without getting caught. Yeah. And so you're just completely flipping it, which is totally yeah. different from what most people will think of when they think self-defense. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. This episode is brought to you by reallifedefense.com. Nobody ever expects to be attacked until it happens. The world's most experienced tactical trainer, Mike Gillette, reveals the number one move to survive and defend yourself in any situation. Visit reallifedefense.com to know how to handle yourself if the worst ever happens to you or your family. That's reallifedefense.com. There's an emotional component to it, Mike, too, that you touched on uh, very intimately, I, I feel like, with the females that were part of our of our group, mm-hmm. of our course. And, and, and I ended up releasing that, actually, as its own YouTube video. I cut that few minutes out where you're talking to women specifically about mm-hmm. plugging into the emotional side of, yeah. of, of those thoughts and, you know, and feelings of, of where you can find the strength in that moment. Could mm-hmm. you just touch on that really quickly? Uh, okay. If, if, I, I'm sure you recall kind of. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do my best, Chris. Um, it, it's, it, it's a conversation I've had many times with, with female audiences and, and I do um, a lot of these types of, you know, female only uh, presentations. And one of the challenges that all females bring is not just that, okay, he's going to be big and strong and scary. And, and I'm not those things. I mean, that that's, you're sort of starting, you know, with a keen awareness of, of a physical disparity, but there's, there's more than just that. Women are not neurologically wired for this the same way that guys are. Uh, and not that every guy is, you know, lots of guys aren't, you know, naturally, you know, combative and just like ready to, to go. But, you know, women are empathetic. Women are culturally uh, conditioned to be empathetic. Uh, women will say things in a, in a class like, I don't know if I could do that, you know, not like because they don't want to hurt someone else. It's like, that's not a typical guy thing to say. That's not something I've typically heard from guys when, you know, I've, I've taught males. So that suggested to me that, okay, there's, there, there's clearly something to this. And one of the things that I, I would say is, okay, I get how, it might feel difficult to sort of tap into your inner horribleness as a, as a woman. I get that. And I respect that. Um, but here's maybe a way to sort of help yourself with that. Um, if it's not just you, but what if, and if I'm, I'm speaking specifically to women, okay, so what if it's not just you? What if you are also in charge of the safety of a child? Maybe it's your child. Maybe it's a you know, niece. Maybe you're just babysitting. Um, if you felt as though harm could befall that child, does, does that help? Does that start to make the situation look a little different? And almost in fear, it's like, oh, yeah. And what's interesting 
is I think the average woman has more capacity to sort of tap into that, you know, that sort of feral place, if you will, if you put someone else into the equation. It's like, I don't know if I could do it to save myself or try to protect myself. Again, there's there's just a lot of social conditioning and, and biology there that kind of gets in the way of that. But put a kid in there or even... Uh, what if you you have an older parent you're, you're driving them to the post office and you you're the you're the safety solution in this situation um, you're going to do everything you can indeed you'll do whatever it takes so but Mike what if I'm alone in this situation well are you really are you ever because let's say that you went to the store and this horrible situation is about to school out you know in the in the target parking lot. And yes, you're alone in that moment, but uh, who else are you connected to? You know, who else out there is concerned about you, loves you, depends on you? If anything ever happened to you, they, they would suffer also. You know, so even if we are numerically outnumbered in the situation, and if it's a bad guy and it's just you, you're, you're outnumbered. You, you are physically outmatched in that moment. So that's when we need to sort of remember and tap into all of the other people. Now, again, if, if you've got a child or some, someone with you, you're not even going to think about it. It's like it's so easy to be brave for other people. But you can do the same thing even when it's just you. If you remember all of the other people in your life that you know, are counting on you to prevail, right? they would tell you if they were there, do whatever you can, do whatever it takes. And if you can carry that with you, I think you'll be a little stronger for it. Did I did I cover it? You you nailed it, buddy. Okay. I just I just remember when you were first presenting that, and it, it it wasn't a distinctly different part of the conversation because it was a time in the course. And pardon any little background noise. I have probably another alarm going off to, as a reminder because I have this awful memory anymore with all these little details of my life. So my phone is ding-a-linging in the background, but I'll take care of it in a moment. But Mike, Mike was very, um, very much uh, connected to what he was doing, so much so that it, it, it just felt like let's just have the, the, the women in the course sit in front of him while he touches on this, this area, this section of the material where you can tap into all those relationships, all those people that mean something to you. And even for some of you guys out there who might need to hear that, those guys like you alluded to that aren't necessarily the fighters, the rough and tumble guys, the macho men, you know, who are maybe a little bit more reserved and not looking for any kind of physical things just tap into all those all those uh relationships that you have and those people in your life that are counting on you and what they would want for you yeah yeah that's right we we need to bring all of those people with us wherever we go that's right you're bringing them to the fight so to speak like you said and then you're you're going to outnumber your attacker at that point and you're going to do what it takes and you're going to get out of that situation and that's what makes real life self-defense so great is because, as I've said many times in this conversation, it's designed for the man or the woman with absolutely no experience in doing anything like this. And in just a matter of a few hours, 
going through this material and practicing just some of these very basic moves, you can really arm yourself and prepare yourself for that worst day of your life situation. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. To help our show reach more listeners just like you, please let us know how we've changed your life by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. That's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. The Real Life Self-Defense Program is extraordinarily comprehensive. As Mike uh, said, maybe early in our conversation or maybe prior to us hitting record, it's probably the most robust, comprehensive self-defense program that's ever been made. And it's not an overstatement. With the amount of, uh, of hours of content and the components that are available with the program, the video series is broken up into three main parts. Video one is protection and targets. Video two is the natural weapons of the body. And video three is controlling the subject. Now, these are uh, several minutes long um, and go into great detail and real hands-on stuff. So it's not just Mike talking in a room. This is showing the people. There were six participants plus Mike plus Leland, who was his, his, his handyman, if you will, and, and, and unfortunately the brunt of a lot of pain. Uh, in the, in, he had to sustain all of our kicks and, punt and blows and all that stuff, but he's such a good sport, and he and Mike have done a lot of work together over the years, so they just work together beautifully. Um, so you have these the three main videos, right, that really break it all down for you and take you from A to Z, and how, how to handle yourself in all these situations, how to fall, you know, without hitting your head, how to kick at somebody's uh, shins, you know, how, just how to step, how to move your body, um, how, to, how to swing your arm, all stuff that's, again, based on stuff that we've done our whole lives. It's such really great. And it just, there's a lot of aha moments in the teaching of this. As you learn the material, you go, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I understand why you would do it like that. Yeah, I used to hit a volleyball like that, you know, for the first 10 years of my life or, you know, something like that. So a lot of just stuff that, that clicks and, and fits right into place for you. <clears throat> and then additionally, so that, because I know you want to get back to hearing a, a few more things from Mike, but I, I have to mention what these things are. Some of the bonuses and additional items that come with real-life self-defense. There's a real-life knife defense. So there's a video that teaches you how to defend yourself against that. There's a program called Rape Escape, which is obviously specifically meant for the women and how to handle themselves in a situation where it, it looked like a rape situation, uh, and which is extremely scary, but we felt we had to make something that was specific uh, to that. Uh, there's uh, a top six self-defense products for women. Uh, there's a uh, something called how to spot a terrorist, which is just like a, you know, a PDF. Uh, some of this stuff, too, has interviews that we made uh, that go along with like a, a downloadable PDF. Uh, there's something product, uh, something uh, called protect your children from kidnapping. So things to look out for, uh, how to uh, approach the, that type of situation. Active shooter situation. 
and something else called real life verbal self-defense. So kind of how to handle yourself verbally to maybe avoid uh, <laughs> a physical altercation altogether. There's a group attack, uh, uh, real life self-defense and how to break up a fight that Mike alluded to earlier. So all of these things are part of the real life self-defense series. Um, but it's really comprised of the main three videos. And then some of those other things are bonuses. Uh, and some of the other things are just components that are in the whole series that you can add on to. Uh, so it's, like I said, we're kind of hitting it from all angles. And it's really just impressive how deep we went with it. But it's really just because of Mike's extraordinary background. Uh, he was, you know, you're the one that recommended that we go and all that we, we wouldn't have known to do any of this stuff. I mean, this was completely all Mike's creation. We created uh, for him the environment to film and provided the people to be part of it. Beyond that, we just filmed it and let Mike go and just went along for the ride. So it, it was just absolutely fantastic. What are some of the, uh, maybe an experience or a moment from the filming and creation of the product, Mike, that stand out for you? Well, I think the what stands out for me is that we did it, meaning that uh, I've been part of a lot of video instructionals over the years. And uh, back in, uh, in 2001, so that's 20 years ago now, uh, there was a company that was shooting the most high dollar, you know, three camera setup sets uh, at a studio in San Diego, and they were using the uh, some of the biggest names in martial arts uh, at that time. And uh, I was part of one of their productions. I've been a part of, you know, much uh, more modest productions, but because of my background and just, I know a lot of people who populate this space. I know it has been out on the market uh, really from the point that VHS started hitting in like 86 when, you know, martial arts type videos were really starting to first show up. And what's extraordinary about our particular package is the breadth. There's nothing out there that covers the ground that we do. My, when, when we started talking about doing it, uh, I just kept thinking, well, you know, the average person really needs to know about this. I mean, uh, you know, we talk about active shooter. Well, what if you're just a person who's sort of caught in a situation where that's unfolding? What do you do? Nobody knows the answer to that. Uh, what would I, if I wanted to protect my child from being kidnapped, what would I teach them? That's what we cover in that. It's like, you know, what would you actually tell a kid that would be sort of, you know, age appropriate, context appropriate, that wouldn't freak them out, that wouldn't be too complex, you know, so we address that. Uh, the, uh, the topic of, you know, verbal self-defense, well, that comes up a lot even now. Uh, it comes up sort of with a, a misunderstanding, you know, when they say, well, you know, police need to be taught de-escalation. All police are. People who want to hurt people can't be de-escalated. They have a different idea in mind. But the average person is not, does not have a frame of reference for dealing with people who are you know, very experienced at being verbal bullies. Uh, so, it's not always just about trying to, you know, keep someone else from, you know, elevating up, which you can't control that. You can, you can try not to aggravate because you can obviously, you know, some people have personalities where they can start a fist fight standing alone in an elevator. Uh, 
Uh, we don't want to be that person. But you also need to learn how to deflect stuff because some people are so good verbally that they will they know how to get you angry so that you make a mistake, you say something you'll regret, you look like the one that lost control, one who were you know being uh, on the attack the whole time. So it it addresses those types of scenarios as well. You know, we talk about the, the best self defense products. We also talk about the ones that are ridiculous and nobody should bother with because they're potentially problematic. Uh, you know, the, the multi-assailant uh, thing, that's, that's a scary scenario. Uh, it's everything that's presented in that block. You know, it's not a hundred percent, but it's at least some things to think about if you ever do have to confront something like that, because that's, that's a whole nother uh, animal than just, you know, one bad guy, and one you that's, this is upsetting enough, but what if there's two bad guys? Just that reality alone would cause people to shut down. Well, no, just you know, watch that video and, and sort of entertain some of these scenarios and it will give you at least some ideas. And, and really, that's what the entire package is about. That's, that's, that's what I remember about the experience. Not so much that it was brutally hot in your compound, uh, which it was, uh, and not how great everybody was because the days were crazy long. And, you know, your, your production staff was phenomenal and super patient and, and wouldn't be done until they had it you know, exactly right. Um, there, there was a lot of just time and care, uh, I think, invested on the part of everybody who was involved with it. And that, that was very gratifying uh, because, you know, Leland and I have traveled all over and been a part of any number of, uh, you know, things that are sold on the market. Uh, we, we created a lot of the, the video instructional footage that the airline industry uses to this day. So we've, we've been in a lot of different settings and, you know, both of us were, were very impressed at how all of that came together, you know, just, in, you know, just the amount of time invested and in, in how long the days ran and everybody just kind of hung in there and, and, and we got it all in the can. And I, I think what we have is a, it's a strong, uh, strong, uh, package of, of information that I think is uh, whether you, you find that you, you need it later in life or it just helps you sleep a little easier at, yeah. at night uh, and you never actually have to you know use that. That's even better. You know, I, I don't want you to have to use the fire extinguisher in your house, but I, I'm happy knowing that you have it. That's, that's exactly, exactly what I was thinking. It's, it's, it's a good thing to have and it's a good thing to know that it's there and that you know how to use it if that day should ever come. And the same thing with real life self-defense um, had a whole new respect for what would be required of me should I ever be in a situation like that. Um, and it was it was just such a great experience. Uh, I, I think about it uh, with just fond memories um, we, we had. And we even on the second day when we were done with the actual product and course creation, we were making some YouTube video content as well. So it's, it, it's out there uh, in, in several different ways, but anyone interested at this point, just go to reallifedefense.com, reallifedefense.com, and you will find out um, all you need to know about what we've discussed today, and it'll go a little bit deeper um, with, with some of what we said. 
it's a terrific, comprehensive, uh, amazing program that could save your life or, or, or the life of someone that you care about. And uh, so it's just terrific. And obviously there's a, a coupon code that you've already heard. Uh, it's just strong by design. So when you go, you get 20% off. Uh, if you go and you've listened to this episode and you want this program and you can get a nice price uh, break on that and just use the coupon code strong by design. Mike, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, I love, uh, I love your passion. I love your uh, wisdom. Uh, I mean, this man did not look at one note, one cute card, one bit of piece of paper. He stood up in front of a room full of people and just taught and instructed and it's just because that's who he is. Um, this is something, this is a man who's been doing this for decades and there's nobody better. And so it was just absolutely amazing to watch uh, somebody, you know, it's like watching Michael Jordan play basketball or something. You, you're watching and learning from somebody who's at the, at the top uh, of their game and doing something that is so meaningful and so, so helpful. So I just thank you so much for all that you do, that you've done, uh, your service, and um, and for this conversation today. Well, I appreciate that, Chris. My pleasure. It's been really terrific. Uh, thank you all listeners so much. Uh, Mike, actually, uh, what's uh, where can we send our listeners to just to see more of you, uh, more Mike Gillette? I know, there's, I know you have websites and, and, and social media. Yeah, the... Uh if people are interested in sort of what I'm up to these days, uh, vocationally speaking, that's MikeGillette.com. So see my, how to spell that up there. And I'm pretty conspicuous on social media as well. So I can be found on, on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram also. Yeah. So just type in Mike Gillette, uh, it really, and you're going to find him uh, a little bit of everywhere. Yeah. yeah so uh, some of those search results are a little bit alarming, <laughs> but he, he has, he's a terrific writer. Obviously you can, he's very well-spoken, but he has some terrific blog articles that he's put together over the years. Uh, some tremendous just reading there. So yeah, go to MikeGillette.com and you'll be able to, uh, you know, get more of, of Mike. And uh, he, he's just so insightful and so, such a, uh, such a smart guy, you know, it's just, just great, great stuff from him. So uh, thank you again, listeners, for taking the time to choose Strong by Design. Um, it really means a lot to us. Every single listener matters. Uh, we, we, we care for our, our audience, and that's why we have these meaningful conversations with people who can, who can help you, who can shed light on things, who can um, get you thinking in a different way uh, uh, and somehow just make an impact in your life. So uh, I, I know that this conversation will not only benefit you, but somebody that you know. So share this conversation with someone who needs to hear it. Uh, please hit that five-star rating. Uh, give us a short review if you have a quick minute. And uh, we appreciate that so much. And we look forward to bringing you another episode uh, next week. As always here at Strong by Design, you have a blessed week. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.